All right, welcome to another episode of Building the Giraffe. I'm Justin. I'm Kaiser. And um, so I guess the art house thing didn't work. No, I got uh, yelled at. Yeah, you did. That was weird. Usually we don't hear any communication whatsoever, <laughs> and this time you got yelled at. Uh, yeah, he, he didn't like the whole uh, Nazi illusion thing. Yeah, which was... He had no problem, it seemed like, with the shitting part. Right, yeah. He seems... I think we're honing in on the idea that he likes somebody shitting themselves <laughs> in movies. Because he never... <laughs> we didn't hear any notes about any of that before. Yeah, it was really just the end part. Like, he's... I don't know. He, I felt like... It was even weirder how the Phantom Thread was in there. Yeah. And he, he, he made Daniel Day-Lewis yell at me. Yeah. Which I don't understand. I mean, in the Phantom Thread... So it's not even that threatening, really, but it is yeah. Daniel Day-Lewis, so it's, like, upsetting. Well, it was the Phantom Thread playing uh, the dude from There Will Be Blood. Yeah. So it was... Yeah. Daniel played... <laughs> yeah, so he's just... I don't know why. I mean, it didn't make any sense when he, he told you about the milkshake again. Right. Because that's not I even do... really a threatening line. It's just him <laughs> explaining how oil reserves work. So... I drink your milkshake. So maybe he just... I mean, I'm trying to figure out if sometimes he just thinks, like, Danny Day-Lewis just went to the place where he was like, I guess I was being threatening here. There's been plenty of times I played other characters where I actually was threatening, but this right. time I'm just going to... It was weird how, like, after he he started yelling me at me about uh, Hitler that he just started, yeah, he did the milkshake thing, and then he actually launched into that entire diatribe. Yeah. It's all gone. It's all gone, boy. Yeah. And it's, and again, it's literally that's only about that only works in the context of if you have an oil field yeah. and how that works and how oil rights work. I'm glad I'm just glad I didn't have a bowling ball for. Yeah, luckily it wasn't a in person uh, meeting at a bowling alley. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so, you know, I, I, look, we have tons of ideas. We do, and uh, I'm just really trying to find something that appeals to him. And, and So you had an idea. Yeah, I had an idea for, for something that I think will, maybe this will do it. Okay. Uh, because, you know, look, rich guys love buildings. You know, they're always, yeah. they, they love building buildings that are named after them. Yeah. They love dedicated buildings. They love everything about buildings. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, you know, if you've been paying attention to the news recently, the, the uh, Notre Dame uh, spire burnt down, caved in. Right. Uh, and uh, instead of... Doing what normal people would do, which is be like, oh, shit, a building caught on fire. That sucks. They, for some reason, raised $800 million to fix right. it. Which Why? the estimate is that it wouldn't cost anywhere near that. And also, there's a lot worse things happening I in the world that you could give that money to. I think they just want to make like a gold-plated one now. Yeah. Like, they were like, it was stone and wood, but now it's just gold and gold. Yeah. Gold doesn't has a much higher melting point than, than would. would so yeah, yeah so my idea was that if we made something that appealed to him that had to do with notre dame oh because oh. he's a rich guy rich guys love that building so much they, they gave all that money the, yeah so well i think the general public loves that building as well so it's yeah a i mean threat. there was a lot of people who really were into that building i remember seeing people on social media saying that they cried when it happened jesus which i thought was strange because it's like what because you went to paris one time right. and you saw it all right well you know fair enough Listen, i took a shit in that <laughs> that church look if i have anything to say about it somebody's going to take a shit in that <laughs> church 
so my my idea was that uh, we would go back to an old uh, an old trope, an mm. old timey movie, and sort of breathe some new life into it. Absolutely. So uh, a lot of people love the Hunchback of Notre Dame. Yeah, of course. It's a cl- it's one of my favorite DreamWorks yeah. movie. I mean, it was Disney, but, you know. It was a D, whatever. Yeah, you know, whichever D it was. Uh, DreamWorks, Disney. I, Kaiser, I don't want to shock you, but this also isn't just an animated movie. Oh, it's, it's not. You know, a novel. It's been a stage play. No. There were a bunch it, of live action movies made before that. Okay, so, okay, legitimately, not doing a bit here. I knew it was a book, and I knew it was a play, but I didn't know that they actually made a live action Oh yeah, they made a bunch of them, you know. Really? Yeah, yeah. I, I would wager to say it's upwards of ten versions. Holy of shit! Over the years. Okay. Uh, be it be it television or actual film oh, release oh, yeah. as it's, well. It's like Lemis. But that's the other thing is that that a lot of those are going to be French only movies, you know. Oh, uh, that that yeah. makes a lot of sense. And the first one, to be fair, was a silent film. So who's gonna? Nah, I don't have the time. No language, yeah. I don't have don't the fucking know. time. I need a talkie or nothing. Um, so, so my idea was that what we would do is sort of update that. Update the Hunter X Notre Dame. But also uh, add in some new elements to it. All right. So, what are you thinking? Uh, you know, a couple years ago, I've noticed that there's been a, a slight trend mm-hmm. of if you do something a correct way, nobody yeah. gets offended by it. Right. So, like, in Tropic Thunder, when Rob Downey Jr. was in blackface the whole time. Right. People fucking loved that. Yeah, they, and it which was, was weird. Yeah. Because it was literally a dude playing blackface who then goes on to play a dude playing blackface playing yellowface. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And nobody raised even the smallest amount of uh, any kind of, uh, like, ire about it at right. all. Right, exactly. So it was very strange to me. And also, that was at the time when Robert Downey Jr. had just—he was just an Iron Man, so his career was kind of starting to go back up again. Right after but the whole debacle. after yeah after the the crazy shit that he was into. Um, but that was still—he didn't seemingly have enough credit, like like right. social credit, to be able to pull off playing blackface in a movie. Right. But he was critically acclaimed for it. People fucking loved that movie. They quote it all the time still, which yeah. is you know. And Blood Farmer. So my thought was that Lead Farmer. <laughs> but my thought was that, well, then why don't we get somebody who naturally speaks French yeah. already? That's his first language. Right. Um, has physicality enough. He's not too old. He can still do it. But we put him in uh, a hunchback type apparatus, a special effect. You know, I love that. Idea. Don't get a differently abled person that. to play it. Get uh, an actor who's able-bodied to play somebody who's differently abled. Right. So my thought was that we get John Claude Van Damme <laughs> to play the Hunchback of Notre Dame. Yes. But I love that. Uh, if you know much about John Claude Van Damme's uh, filmography, mm-hmm. he was in a movie in the '90s called Time Cop. Oh. So, yeah, where he played, take a guess. A, uh, a time a, cop. A time cop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I was going to say that, a disabled person, but... Oh, no, 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 no. No. <laughs> but, but he played a cop who went through time, you see. Ah. So in this version, I want to take a page from, like, an I, Frankenstein. Oh. You know, that incredibly huge hit movie Good. with Aaron Eckert. 
<laughs> I, and, talk, I talk about it with my friends all the time. Yeah, who doesn't? It's an American classic. Criterion Edition just came out on Blu-ray the Did other it week. Really? Yeah, it has like it has like sixty hours of additional footage. How many how many copies do you think I should pick up? Mm, well, it depends on because the degradation of Blu-rays while playing them isn't as high as DVDs. So, uh, but I would still recommend between three and five. All right. Well, I'll mark myself down for five then. Okay. All right, I'll put you on my uh, Criterion uh, Girl Scout list. Thank you. Um, <laughs> for five copies. Um, so, what my idea was is that we kind of meld these two things, mm-hmm. where the Quasimodo character. Mm-hmm. Also, this is going to be called the Hunchback of Van Damme, <laughs> because I like the name recognition that Jean Claude Van Damme has. Right. Make sure that people know it's him in there mm-hmm. and not not somebody else, because this is going to be very convincing makeup. So- um, so then you mentioned that he spoke French yeah. and that it was going to be his first, you know, it's his first language. I mean, language. it's his first language, so he has the accent. I'm right. not saying we do a French language. No, no, no I'm, uh, this is, uh, if, you, if you don't feel, feel this, let me know. Sure. But I think that he should, he should do all of his parts in French mm-hmm. and then everyone else is doing it in English. Okay, so he's subtitled. Yeah. Or not. N- no. He's just speaking French. Yeah, just, and you kind of, it's like a Groot thing where you just get yeah. the con or a Wookiee thing where you get the context based on what other people are saying to right. him. I like it. So uh, my idea is that he's a modern day hunchback of Notre Dame. Oh, I thought again, I thought it was going a completely different direction. He's a modern day time cop. Not, but the, okay, so oh. but he's a he's a hunchback with special powers oh. that allow him to travel through time. Oh, <laughs> but only when it comes to because in Time Cop it was the same thing. You can only do it when you're chasing a criminal, right. right? So in this, it would be only to stop Notre Dame from catching on fire. Okay, <laughs> so. I don't know exactly how to do this, but I have small ideas of okay, how to get there. So this is what we do. We have to figure it out. Exactly. Um, so I'm, I'm thinking... So, yeah, start us off. That it sort of starts off the same way as, like, Hunchback of Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. He's in there. He's singing. Right. He's cleaning the fucking place. You know, he's he's ringing the bells. Stuff, ringing the bells, swinging around up there. Is he, is he deaf because of the bells? <clears throat> I don't think he can be, because I don't know if it would work that well in conversation. Because yeah, he can clearly weird. understand everyone else who's talking, unless right. he reads lips. And it's even weirder if he only speaks French. And yeah, and everybody else speaks English, and he, he can still understand them, even yeah. though he's just reading lips. Whatever, we could play it straight. But it then again, matter. I mean, it doesn't. I, mean, I guess if he, he lives in Notre Dame, he would get a lot of tourists coming through, and he would right. see them. Um, Whatever. But essentially, what, what it is is that uh, you have the same cast of characters so there's the esmeralda right. the love interest um you have like the captain phoebus uh like the dude mm-hmm. like the the people that are like sort of they don't like this motherfucker right and then you, of course you have uh frollo the yeah. priest right exactly oh, no, actually he's not a priest he's, he's actually a, deacon. a judge yeah well he's an archdeacon he's like yeah he's a judge yeah um so in this version i think it starts out in modern day with Notre Dame, where he's up there and he's hanging out. Yeah. Uh, and you have, like, the first little bit where it's establishing that he's a good guy. Right. Uh, people don't like him because he's misunderstood. But then again, also, he's sort of a mythical creature because nobody really knows that he lives there except mm-hmm. for a few people. Right. Um, and in this one, he gets framed for burning 
Notre Dame. Okay. Okay. Yo. So that's like the that. inciting incident. Right. Because in the original one, he he's like getting t- sentenced to be flogged or whatever. Right. That's that's old timey. Nah, I don't like that. But what he realizes is, well, it, it, he he tries to defend himself or whatever. Right. And and, and he um. Maybe he doesn't have the time travel powers at first, right. but because it catches on fire and people are uh, accusing him, like it was the hunchback, and then he's right. like kind of exposed. And then he gains his time powers and he he jumps forward. Yeah. So he. Okay. So he he gets he gets accused of of this arson of Notre Dame in the current time. Oh, in the current time. Yeah. Uh, but because it's the current time, they basically just arrest him. Right. And they're gonna try him. For arson. Oh. Uh, uh, Frollo is going to try him because I guess we're still going to have that sort of uh, church. Yeah. Does he still know. does he still want to fuck Esmeralda or does he want to fuck? There's so this is the, the thing. Back. This is the thing. Frollo like I, I think Frollo has to be his Moriarty, Ooh. like his timeless enemy. Yo. That has existed from back in the you know. Right. Yeah. Back way. Since primordial times, yeah. uh, the so, Hunchback was always on that spot, and so and Frollo was always yeah, trying to destroy they've been it. Locked in eternal struggle That's right. forever. The, they're the Batman and Joker, you know, Sherlock Holmes and Moriarty, that kind of thing. And um, so when he gets accused of this, and then he's going to be tried for that crime, mm-hmm. he does get to mount a defense. So part of his defense is that he's allowed to look at old church records. Right. And so he's looking through the church records. He doesn't know that he's been alive for centuries. Oh, he doesn't? No. He has no idea. He's, he has that, like, sort of the I. Frankenstein uh, amnesia, selective right, amnesia yeah. sort of thing, that he doesn't know he's been alive for right. all this so, time. So really all he remembers is, like, the past year, and then he's like, oh, but that just happened yesterday. And then they're like, dude, no, that happened, like, three right, years yeah. ago. He's got a little, he probably has to have a sidekick, I'd imagine, that sort of yeah, like reminds him. Talking gargoyle. Yeah, talking gargoyle. Uh, voiced yeah. by Pete Davidson. Absolutely. Of course. Well, it's Pete Davidson as a gargoyle. So yeah, 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 as yeah. In the original Hunchback of Notre Dame, as we all know, gargoyles come alive, and they start talking to him. Uh, I guess maybe as a, as a personification of the voices in his head? No. Whichever. Yeah, I mean, that's, that would be fine. Uh, as long as the gargoyle poops a lot. That's yeah. all that uh, I care about. He, yeah, he, like, he, he hangs over the edge, and he's like, watch this. And he shits over the edge, and it hits a dude at the bottom. And he's like, people think that's a bird. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so you, you have uh, where he starts looking through the old scrolls and stuff like that. Right. And he sees that in these old scrolls that Notre Dame is caught on fire a, a lot of times. Right. But he never... He, he, he's like, he's like what, what the fuck? Like, why... And then uh, he sort of gets, like, a moment there where, as he's reading the scrolls, he, like, keeps seeing mention of him, basically. Oh. Of, a, of a hunchback sword or a creature yeah. that lives in Notre Dame or and, whatever. Right. And it's, but it's all, of course, like, rumor and myth. You have that, mm-hmm. like, Sasquatch photo. Of, yeah, like, yeah. And nobody really like... knows. But, but always there was somebody, like, but that mention of them, they, like, uh, then there's no mention of who got... Uh, you know, convicted of the crime. Right. It just sort of ends. 
Like there's no, you know, oh. like someone's trying to cut out parts of history. Where he's like, where are all, like, who was convicted? Why isn't right. there any conviction? Yeah. And then and at that point, I think there, something has to happen where, like, magically he can sort of look at these cases and sort of be, tran- like, quantum leap, like, transported Ooh. back. So it's a, it's a little bit like butterfly effect. Yeah, sort of. Yeah, yeah. So he, so this, this so he sort of gets this power to go back in time, even though here he's locked in prison. Right. He can go back where if he's only been, he's, he could be gone for months and then it's only like five seconds. Right. Exactly. Um, but as he keeps jumping back in time, he starts realizing like, wait, it was, it's me. You know, he starts having memories of what right. happened. Me, I did this, you know, and every time it was always him who set the place on fire. And then, oh. you know, he's sort of, but he could he he like can't always get to every piece of it. Right. He's getting a little Assassin's Creed thing going on uh, here. So you know that movie was very popular. It was. Clearly. I loved it. it uh, was, you know. It was great. So, so we have him sort of going back in time. It's it's a it's a time travel detective tale. Okay. Starring a hunchback, Jean Claude Van Damme, who speaks French, and, and everyone people. else speaks English, <laughs> even back. Yeah, back then. Yeah, hundreds, if not, you know, over a, a couple hundred years ago. Right. So, so then I guess we have the, the first part of the first act then. And where he, you know, the opening shot is Notre Dame burning down. Well, no, like he, you kind of established that he's a happy-go-lucky dude. He's uh, like swinging around. And then he, he leaves to go get bread. Yeah, bread or whatever with the gargoyle. Mm-hmm. They and then when they're coming back, like all these people are running, like screaming through the streets. Right. Like, What's going on? And everything. And then he runs out, and it's like boom, Notre Dame is yeah. burning. He's on like a he's on one of the buildings across from it. You kind of see right. him he, looking. He's doing like the King Kong, like uh, yeah, like hanging holding, off, yeah, yeah, hanging yeah. on a spire, mm-hmm. and <laughs> that he's got yeah. that huge hump back yeah. on his back. Right, and then like uh, that's when like Captain Phoebus comes in, right? Who spots him, and he's like, I knew. I knew he was in there. Like, so, you know. So I think then we need to we need to set up I uh, Phoebus, uh who should play Phoebus? Or actually yeah. no. Yeah, who should play Phoebus? Well, you want somebody who is like who who you at first don't like but you can end up liking. Hmm. I think. Right? Yeah. Um like you could get an Aaron Eckhart type to play this you could uh maybe ben affleck okay i can see that yeah ben affleck. he's got the square jaw and everybody kind of is like fuck you but then it's like yeah all right he looks good enough yeah like we're fine with them <laughs> he could he say anything he can't take care of his kids for shit but that's nah, fine Let's look at him he's smoking that cigarette they made a meme of him great, great. um dude yeah. he's back tat wow boy i want that back tat in that it's movie. gonna be featured prominently <laughs> uh so so he sees him and like they go on this big chase and then the, the, and mm. and John Claude Van Damme's fighting dudes on the roo- fighting yeah. police on the rooftops and he's and... punching them and doing like all these crazy acrobat acrobatics yeah that, yeah that like no one with a with a physical deformity like that could ever perform. no but because he's like always been swinging on those ropes and shit he's really yeah. good at it right um, again it's very Assassin's Creedy in this right. way. Uh, Does he have hidden blades as well? Is he like killing people? No, nah, he doesn't kill. He doesn't kill. Is his one rule? Cops, you know, he hasn't been killing cops. He's he's trying his best to, you know, he's being tar- He's being blamed for burning down his home. That's true. You know, yeah, he doesn't want to killing try- cops is only gonna. And you're just gonna pile on the charges there. Yeah. So, 
So he... I'm sorry, Judge. I killed all these officers because they were trying to arrest me for a crime to... I didn't commit. Yeah, yeah. And, and yeah, so... But they do kind of... He does knock one of them to their death or whatever. Oh, and that's what makes like, Phoebus, like, mad, like doesn't like him. You have you know? the Wilhelm scream yeah, as yeah. he's falling off. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> but, like, he tried to save him, but he just right. couldn't. He, ben Affleck, like, running... Running with arms yeah, out, yeah, trying to catch, trying him. To catch yeah. him, a five-story fall. Yeah, which would break his arms <laughs> clean off. But you know, and but no, but the hunchback also tries to save him. It was this cop was just dumb, like you know, fell. Right. And so Phoebus sees that he's, he thinks he killed him. Mm-hmm. He knows he didn't. He also thinks he burned the fucking church down. Right. Um. So eventually, he he catches him. Right. And that's sort of how this all starts, and he's and like, he's like, I go. didn't do it. And yeah. then ben and like, I don't like, care. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Ben Affleck also is doing a Tommy Lee Jones impersonation in this movie. He has to. It has to happen. He has to. He's like a hard-nosed Southern type sheriff. <laughs> yeah. Who got transferred to uh, Paris? Yeah, um, I agree with that. So then, um, that's what it is. So he. He meets, or the, the hunchback's trying to escape, and then he meets Esmeralda right. through that. And Esmeralda, and Esmeralda is, is played Catherine by... Catherine Zeta-Jones. Yep. Uh, also, if anybody hears a bunch of like talking and uh, country music in the background, we've uh, taken to recording at bars, because um, you can understand the amount of stress we're under. Right, we got to drink constantly. Yeah, to try to, to mitigate the fact that we may never see our families again. <laughs> Uh, I miss them immensely. Yeah, I don't really mind that okay. much, but wow. You know. Okay, whatever. Listen, <laughs> I, look to each their own. I Listen, don't have to like my fa- ex- Look, that's the reason I want him in this movie because I relate to him. Fair uh, so then he meets Catherine Zeta Jones. She tries to help him, mm-hmm. but then Phoebus like you know finds him, right? Because you know he's a southern sheriff. Hard-nosed Southern sheriff who can right. track down anybody, and then uh, track down a coon dog in a rainstorm. That's how. <laughs> that's how he says like weird shit like that uh, in the movie. I think. And then uh, he like asks for like helicopter perimeters and like dogs and manhunts. Yeah. Uh, even though uh, Paris is very much a no-fly zone, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. the majority of but it is. Nobody knows that. We can just yeah. It's like you have like cool shots of like helicopters circling around the. The Eiffel Tower, which uh, will bring in to a nice third act uh, item uh, with him climbing up the Eiffel Tower. Oh, he definitely climbs up the Eiffel Tower. Like yeah. King Kong, yeah. He climbs up as many fr- like uh, Paris landmarks yeah. as we can possibly find. The Champ Elysees, he's up on there. He's, like, <laughs> he's all over the place. Nice. Um, he's swinging from tree to tree on the Champ Elysees. Mm-hmm, yep. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, um, so that she tries to help him, and then but that you know he Phoebus finds him, uh, and then arrests him. Right. Uh, and Esmeralda tries to help, you know. Uh, but right, and, and, and then he he sees her and he's like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I like what's going Fe- on there. Phoebus is into Catherine Zeta Jones, so he doesn't. That's why he doesn't kill Quasimodo right there on the spot, right. you know, because he's out for fucking blood after he thinks that he killed one of his officers. Right. Which didn't happen. So, so you get into the booking process, and you know they bring uh, Van Dam in, and yeah. uh, that's when you're introduced to uh, Frollo, mm-hmm. who is played, of course, by the Phantom, Phantom Thread. Thread. Yeah, has to be. Uh, and Phantom Thread, if you didn't know, is uh, Daniel Day Lewis, 
playing his character, the Phantom Thread, we are contractually obligated in every film that we create to put him in it. Uh, because T.J. Moneybags owns uh, Daniel Day-Lewis, and in his ownership contract, uh, he's able to force Daniel Day-Lewis to always play the Phantom Thread, playing another character. Yeah. Uh, so in this case, uh, Archdeacon Rollo. Right, exactly. <laughs> um, which just means he just sounds like the Phantom Thread playing somebody right. else. Yeah, exactly. Like delivering other lines uh, <laughs> that don't have to do with uh, tailoring. Right. Um, so is, uh, is Catherine Zeta-Jones, uh, she's not part of the police force, but he sees her outside of the Frollo. Uh, sorry, Ben Affleck makes his report to, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. to the Phantom Thread, and he says, oh, blah, 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 I booked this person, and Frollo's like, man, he's like, I don't... I well, he, he takes so and so. I don't like this. He takes both of them in because she was harboring a fugitive. Oh yeah, and when he sees her, he's like, he he's really in, he's really enamored. But when he sees Van Damme, he's like, ooh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> we don't have to play that. That was just a joke. Oh, you mean but, Frollo is into yeah. the is into the hunchback? Yeah. Do you think this like, is a the villain does what he does because he's in love with the hero? I like that a lot. Okay, I mean, I'm into it. Look. It's 2019. That's this movie true. won't come out until 2020, 2021. We can do that. Like, yeah. why wouldn't there be? I mean, it adds a whole another dimension to like the weird. There's gonna be a. Yeah. There's definitely that third act thing. Isn't isn't the hunchback killing Frollo? No. They kiss on the top of the Eiffel Tower. Yo. <laughs> but they're like, but it's Frollo kissing him. Like yeah. he's the hunchback finally has him and is gonna put him away. Right. And he's like, you know, I, you know, my old so and so, I only do this for you. And then he forces a kiss on uh, yeah, yeah. Van Damme, and Van Damme is like, bad touch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But whatever it is in French. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry we spoiled the ending. Yeah. But you knew it was going there. Yeah, you kind of did. Um. So, they book him. Mm-hmm. He he's mounting his defense. Um, because he also wants to help Esmeralda. Right. Because she doesn't have anything to do with this. She right. got just she's caught just a, up in She's the... just a traveling Roma. Yeah. So he kind of like sees uh, that, you know, he's reading the scrolls and then he jumps back uh, to the last time right. that this happened. And but we'll... it's right before it. Right. So um, um, another thing is, is that uh, Pete Davidson's character, the gargoyle, uh, can't move when other people see him and he's kind of trapped. Right. He's but... a Michigan, Michigan J. Frog that right. character. Exactly. Yeah. And not only that, but he's trapped on the roof of the Notre Dame. Okay. So he doesn't follow? No, he doesn't. Just because, I mean, it would be really fucking weird if you saw a gargoyle just walking the fuck around with people. That's true. So so they only ever communicate when he sees him at Notre Dame, which right. is fairly often because he's going back and forth and back and right. forth but all the time. Which is going to be interesting because uh, Pete Davidson's character, the gargoyle, doesn't have amnesia. No, he remembers every time he's been set on fire. Right. <laughs> Not only does he remember every time he's been set on fire, but he also remembers the different versions of mm-hmm. the Hunchback. So you get that that cool, like, oh, like, which, you know, which which Van Damme are right. we talking to? Yeah, yeah, but and but also because he's stationary, right? He 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 can't fill in the blinks as to what happened and why it caught on fire. He right. just knows it caught on fire. And he, burned, he can't and move and he like burned it. and like it. He just knows like things that are going on in the city that he can see. He can kind of like help him in that way, but he right. doesn't. He can't tell him. Well, this guy burned it down, or this happened, or whatever. Right. So he goes. So he he he's reading it, and he like he thinks he fainted. And right. he wakes up, and he's back in Notre Dame, but it's something's fine. different. Yeah, no, no. Like, yeah, so, it's fine. So, but it's like, 
and it's it's back years ago or yeah, whatever like it burned down. Yeah, the 1600s or something like that. So uh, I think that he, when he goes through the scroll, he wakes up uh, on the roof of of Notre Dame, and that's why he thinks it's so weird. He's like, well, didn't this place just fucking burn down? Yeah, yeah. And, and then he, he sees his gargoyle friend. And, and Pete Davis is like, oh, Hey, what's yo, going on, man? You know, whatever. What up, what up, what up? Yeah, yeah. But he doesn't, but he doesn't know it's future Quasimodo. He thinks right. it's present-day Quasimodo. Right. And, like, they're having this crazy back and forth where they can't understand it, like an Abbott and Costello type right. back like, and who's forth. Who's on what? What's on yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and then, then he goes right back to present day. And he's like, what the fuck? Like, you know, kind of, zoot the lore, right. you know, whatever he says. Um, <laughs> and uh, then... I, I, I think that uh, in, his t- in his jump back, you hear the off-screen yelling of Frollo, uh, who... Uh, as we know, was the humpback, humpback, hunchback, caretaker in the original film. Yeah, right, but not anymore. No, not anymore, because they've changed. They've both changed too much. Yeah, this is all completely different. So I feel that in the in the first jump is the end of the first act. Are you feeling, or in the middle of the first act? I think it's the end because you okay. don't want that. You want this to move along right. pretty quick. I want it to be like a good, like a hard ninety, okay. if we can. No, absolutely. Um, because there's going to be action scenes. There's yeah. going to be like times when he fights like musketeers and that kind of right. shit. You know, because <laughs> it has to be. Yeah, you know? it's France. Um, so, uh, but every time he goes back, he sees a little more, and every single time it's it's. He doesn't have control over which one it is right. at first. You know, you kind of have this like weird little montage of him sort of hopping back and forth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And talking to Pete Davidson. And he starts to piece things together like, mm-hmm. oh, like, I, like, he, the, the viewer knows exactly kind of what's going on. Yeah. But because, uh, because Van Damme isn't the sharpest tool in the shed... He really, it takes him a while. Yeah, it takes him a while. And he doesn't know, you know, that uh, that that Frollo is alive at these times. Right. Until one time when, when he's like, he kind of, hear yeah, like you said, he hears him talking. Right. Uh, and then he asks Pete Davidson, like, who, who is, you know, basically, who is, who is that? that? And he's like, what do you mean it's your best friend? Frollo. Frollo. Yeah. And he's like, Frollo's not my best friend. Frollo tried to, is trying to frame me for arson right and then as soon as he says that Pete Davidson is like what and then yeah. boom yeah, back, back to the future yeah yeah back to the future and then he's like what the fuck like you know what's going on you know that kind of thing and then yeah as he jumps back and forth there's going to be times when he realizes also that Esmeralda's back there but it's right. a different version of her and of course as know. we know um, and of Frollo, course Frollo is real real hot for Esmeralda yeah. he I definitely want the Hellfire song to be I want Hellfire to be the only sung song that uh, is in the entire film. Okay. But I feel like it's such a powerhouse of a it's such a powerhouse of a song that it needs to be in the film. Okay. And I also think the Phantom Thread fucking singing Hellfire would be hilarious. Oh, that's going to be fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I mean, it would be beautiful. Well, of course it'd be beautiful and emotional, but it would also be kind of funny. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's going to be a little strange to see that happening, but at the same time, I think it'll be funny like for five seconds until it's like, oh my God, yeah. this is amazing. Right. You know, just like any kind of thing like that. Um, 
So then you start sort of piecing together with him that this has been happening for years. Yeah, decades, hundreds of years, you know. Ever since the centuries. Ever since the Notre Dame was built. Yeah. There's always been a Frollo. There's, there's always, always been an Esmeralda and there's always been a Captain Phoebus. Right. You know, not always. I, I, I think maybe I wonder if we should get different people to play the Esmeralda and Phoebus roles in the different time periods. Mm. Do you think? Uh, or should we just I use think the same people in different use, garb? Yeah, basically? just use the same people in different Because I didn't know if you wanted the stunt cast and like really get a lot of people involved <laughs> or... Um, I mean, we could make this an entire ensemble film. I just think it would be kind of fun, you know, yeah, if it goes right. back so, to like the 1600s so, and then it's like, so we got to do, we'll do four. We'll do four. The present included. Yeah. 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 So we need three other sets. So, okay. So, um, so the first one's going to be, let's go with. I don't know when Notre Dame was built, and yep. I don't care to look it up, no, so I'm not going either. to. So we're just going to say that it's like 600 A.D. Uh, try 1600 A.D., but... Yeah, but we're going back. Oh, okay. okay, yeah, sure, 600 yeah. A.D. You got it. It's Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp is... Uh... So, for... okay, so wait, wait, wait. wait. The, so, okay, the, so the first one's going to be 1600. Right. No, no, then, no. then, like... Okay, so what I'm thinking is that Frollo always stays the same. Oh, yeah, always. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just Esmeralda and the and, captain. Yeah, and Captain Phoebus who, stay, right. who are different. So uh, we can do like 1600, 1700, 1800, and then now. Okay, that's fine. That so, works for me. So in 1600... So uh, let's go backwards from the beginning there. So, so okay. uh, 1800s. Right. Uh, let's do Johnny Depp and... Who else would we be able to... Uh, Julianne Moore. Okay. Not that. All right. Uh, so Johnny Depp, Julianne Moore, then uh, 1700s. 1700s. Let's do uh, Morgan Freeman and... Uh, hmm. Who do you think? Evan Rachel Wood? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's good. All right. And then 1600s, I think, should be Tommy Lee Jones. Okay. <laughs> yes. I think. I'm just saying. Oh, it is absolutely Tommy Lee Jones. Okay. And then for Esmeralda. Jim Carrey. Okay. Yeah, for sure. I'm fine with that. I think he could do it. I think he could do it, He's too. been, like, wanting to do all kinds of weird-ass roles and shit anyway, and, so. And then also, reunion for the power film of the century, Batman and Robin. Yeah, absolutely. That would be nice for the viewers, I think. Yeah. You know, I to have so them too. back together on screen. I think so, too. Uh, so... Yeah, so he goes back and forth, and he's always interacting with these other versions, and the the things keep happening that are almost exactly the same. Right. You know, he ends up trying to like save a guard who falls off and mm-hmm. dies. Uh, you know, ben, uh, the Phoebus always runs with his arms outstretched, and it's the same thing happening over and over and over again. And he he kind of realizes that uh, throughout it that Frollo is kind of, Frollo is the one who never really changes. Right. He's and man. he he keeps wondering why, like what if right, we were right. friends? If we were friends at one point, what could have happened? Why 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 aren't right. we? Why would he want to destroy my house in right. the place where he? Because he's the one who causes it every time. Yeah. Like he, uh, one of the last time he jumps back, he actually sees Frollo as the one lighting it on fire. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's when it kind of dawns on him. And he's like, he's like, he did this, and then I keep getting blamed for it. And then right. they. He expo- because he's 
powerful and he's part of the the oligarchy or whatever he right. can he takes out the part of history where they like right where they they get rid of him but they don't execute the hunchback because he's right. still alive they just wipe his memory basically how do they wipe his memory they drown him in the same Okay, yeah, there we go. They drown, yeah, exactly. Because he can't die, necessarily. Right. He's immortal. Yeah, he, he is immortal, just like, you know, Frollo. Frollo. Yeah. And it is, the, it is Notre Dame that gives them... It's the gold cross in Notre Dame that gives them this yep, power. They, uh, they were originally both... Uh, they were the original priests at Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they both were. Uh, and they touched the cross, and the cross was struck by a bolt of lightning, and yep. that's how they both have... That was when it first caught on fire. That, yep. Yeah, that was uh, fifteen hundred eighty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that you get to see that in a flashback in, in the sixteen hundreds. Right. That yeah, that that was the original thing that happened. Right, and I think that that the lightning strike should bookend the second act. Okay. So, but either way, within the within oh, the second and also act, that that lightning strike when it happens. Uh, both Phoebus and Esmeralda are there, but they're not touching the cross. But their right. souls are doomed to uh, inhabit another era that the same thing happens. Right. Like a time loop for their souls. I think as well, the 1500 versions of Esmeralda and Phoebus aren't really shown. Like, only their silhouettes yeah, are yeah, shown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I don't want to cast another two oh, people. Yeah. I just want it to be, like, a, enough of a hint from their garb. Right, you hear like the, uh, you hear Esmeralda's jingly Roma costume. Yeah, yeah, you hear yeah. Phoebus is walking around in full plate. Yeah, there you go. Okay, good. Okay, so that's that's what happens there. Um, but that was when they were like good friends, and they were you know both priests that you know cared about right the the Notre Dame. Yeah, Notre Dame, and also the the flock and all that kind of stuff. And then right. slowly oh, over the ooh. years. So what happened actually is. Uh, do we want to make it that Van Damme wasn't always a hunchback? Like, after the, when the lightning struck, it struck a beam of timber, and it broke his back, and that's why he's a hunchback? I got it. Uh, yeah. When it strikes and it lights on fire, yeah. uh, Van Damme is the wrong person. Yeah. And then he... Uh, and uh, Frollo won't let go of the cross. Like, right. he loves it. He Like, he's become enamored with the whole thing. Right. And he always thought that his friend would be by him, his side, and uh, and so the hunchback tries to pull him out, right. but in doing so, it the beam falls on him, like a fiery beam falls on him, right. and then Frollo just leaves him there. Right, and I think that would uh, not only negate any uh, any you know overcoming your disabilities uh, mm-hmm. talk that they could throw on this movie, as yeah, well you as don't... as well as. Um, Pulling a Robert Downey Jr. from Tropic Thunder because I mean he's yeah. not he's not mocking anything. Someone born with this physical deformity. Yeah, he wasn't he born was, that way. He yeah. was he was caused. Yeah, he's not Lady Gaga. He wasn't born that way. That's so, exactly right. Um, so we can't we got we can't have that in the movie that song. That's um, right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, all right, that's good. So that's you sort that's what you sort of see. Um, in a flashback told to him at the top of the Eiffel Tower at the end of the third act. Yeah. Uh, you know, and then... Well, no, I, th- I think at the end of the second act is when you... Oh, you find out about the lightning strike. Yeah, about the lightning strike. But you don't find about, out about the, the hunchback and their, their friendship until the end of the third act. Yeah, yeah. And this is... Okay, so all through the second act, you're sort of... You, you're, everything's getting pieced together. Right. Like, But it's all from the perspective 
of the gargoyle and the same thing happening to the hunchback over and over and over again throughout these other parts of history until he finds out that he gets drowned in the river every time. Right, yep. Uh, And then just wakes up and... Uh, like goes it's another time loop right because the the flashback for him uh as they're telling it he it's like uh it's like he relives it yeah so when they tell the story he's a it's like he's seeing it through his own eyes and then he remembers he's drowned every time at the end of the second act right yeah so So then um when you get to the third act he's like i'm gonna break i'm gonna break this cycle Right. He's going to break out of jail because right. he's become very good at picking locks because he always has to uh, open the doors in Notre right. Dame without any keys because he just lives up in the rafters right. uh, and he's swinging around ringing the bells. And also, shit. Pete Davidson teaches him how to pick locks. Oh, that's true. And that's also, good. every time that uh, every time that the hunchback meets Pete Davidson's gargoyle character for the first time, Pete Davidson is like, watch this. And he shits over the side. <laughs> of course. And he's like, people usually think that's a bird. Yeah. Oh, that, exactly. And you kind of keep repeating that joke because right. it's good. It's good. It's, Look, it, it's first of all, joke. solid joke. Secondly, repetition is the highest form of comedy. That's right. So, I love, I love callbacks. Yeah, me too. Especially if they're done five or six times in a movie, movie. in a ninety-minute <laughs> time span. Um, so, so then I, you're going through, and and he he, he pieces together pretty much, but he's missing parts of it. Right. He's missing why. You know, basically why he would drown him every time and, and everything like that. Uh, then he, he breaks out of jail and he's going after Frollo. Right. And Frollo finds out because Phoebus tells him. Right. Uh, you know, he's like, he's like the hunchback, you know. So, so they're, in the, they're in the locker room and, uh, and you know, he, he gets to the news. So you have the nice panning shot of uh, Ben Affleck's back tattoo. Oh, yeah. And, uh, uh-huh. and then he gets the... The news from one of his subordinates. He makes the call to Frollo. He's like, "You gotta watch out, dude." Or no, he doesn't say it like that. But he's like, uh, "You gotta watch out." Yeah, he he's coming for you. He's slippery in a buttered up hog. He's, he's he got out. He's about to slip you a buttered one. Yeah. So he he comes and 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 Frollo, of course, he has like a he has something to do with the Eiffel Tower. Maybe he has like. Uh, I think that uh, the Eiffel Tower was where they first met oh no i know what it is this same exact night that he you you have to put in there also somewhere in here that he has wanted to try to use the cross to get struck by lightning again for some purpose and the eiffel tower is the highest yes and on that night he knows that the lightning will strike it right so he kind of is expecting him to escape from prison right. to come find him at the Eiffel Tower so they can both touch the cross again. And release themselves from this curse. Yeah, exactly. Release themselves from the curse. So I, I think when, uh, after uh, Ben Affleck's character makes the call to Frollo, he mobilizes the entire police force around the Eiffel Tower. Because yeah. Frollo's like, I'll be at the top of the Eiffel Tower. Guard me. And of course, this isn't going to stop the hunchback because he's. No. So you have a super long, like thirty-minute action fighting sequence of yeah. him pulling like cool aerodynamic, like mid-air split double kicks. Yeah. Uh, something that someone who has a 
physical ailment would not be able to perform in. But John Claude Van Damme sure as hell can. Yeah, he can. So, yeah, that last that thirty minute fight scene is like. I'll the, be damned, he can. <laughs> I see it. I see what you're doing. So he. He beats her like he's beaten up the entire police force, and then, right. but uh, that's like the first fifteen minutes. Phoebus shows up, and they have to have their showdown right. because he's like, "I didn't, I didn't kill right." So that guy, you know, and he's then, like, "I don't care." Yeah, yeah, that's when he does the "I don't care." No, he Not, does it again. Does it again? Oh, okay, yeah. yeah, that's callbacks. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Yeah, and uh, when. When that final, uh, sorry, when that showdown between Ben Affleck and uh, and Van and Damme yeah. is occurring, it flashes to Notre Dame, and it's Pete Davidson's character, and he's looking out pensively, and he sees the Eiffel Towers, and he just kind of like shakes his, you know, he nods his head, yeah. and he's like, it begins. Yeah, <laughs> and then he shits. Or, and then, <laughs> sorry, or no, he's like, now it ends, and then yeah, he shits. Yeah, yeah, of course. And then he kind of laughs to himself. Yeah. He's like, <laughs> "Classic, right?" And then, um, and then, so you have uh, you have Ben Affleck. He he pulls his hands into his uh, shirt, and then he he moves it outward. So it's like all those Japanese anime where the yakuza is displaying his back tattoo, and it does another mm-hmm. like nice mm-hmm. sweeping pan. Oh, of ca- the you have to get it in there. Tattoo. You have to get it in there. And then, uh, you know, Ben Affleck starts, like, performing all these uh, cool, like, posing martial arts moves, and Van Damme's doing the same thing. They're, like, having, like, a pose-off. Yeah. Um, like JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, if you've ever seen that. Uh, if not, it's just a lot of posing. Yeah. So they're just posing, and then they start fighting, and it's a really intense fight, uh, but... Uh, Fabus doesn't really care that he is disabled, so he's like using his disability to his advantage. He's punching his hump. Yeah, he's just punching his hump constantly, and it's causing Van Damme a lot of pain because it's a wound that really didn't heal. I yeah. mean, well, know. I mean, it's it's it was a burn, and you know how burns are. Like you yeah. just can't, you know, they just always stay with you. That's right. Um, and then. They come to like sort of a standstill because they're they're both equally matched, right? You know, after all these centuries of fighting each other, sort of, you know, right. they they are equally matched. But then, just when you think like they're gonna go back at it, Esmeralda tases Phoebus, yeah, and then she's like, "Go, go," yeah. you know, whatever. And then so the Hunchback does this crazy bunch of acrobatics up the and, Eiffel Tower. Right. <laughs> And he starts like, climbing it. Yeah, like but like flipping and shit, like one yeah, nut, like yeah. yeah. And he rides one of the elevators up. Oh yeah, for like a it. second. Yeah, and then jumps up like a like we got a lot of Spider Man shit going. Yeah. Then he gets up there and he's like, "My old so and so, I knew you would come." And now it's raining at this. Point. Yeah, it's raining, and you hear the thunder. Right. You know, and there's lightning flashing, but and not a lot not, of wind. Yeah, and a lot of wind, and he's like, he's like, "Frollo, I knew you were up here." You know what? Well, right. in French. And then, uh, and then he's and he asked, he's like, he's like, why, why, why are you doing this? And he's like, I want to break the curse. And he, and he says, you know, basically like, why, like, he's like, well, why would you want to do it just for yourself? And he's like, none of this was ever just for me. It was all for you. Yeah. And so like he, he comes uh, close to him. Uh, yeah. Cause, uh, the, cause he grabs him. Right. Uh, Van Damme has grabbed Fro at this point yeah. and shaking him. And, and then, he's like, he's like, what was for me? You left me to burn in the in like, Notre no, Dame. No, I knew you would survive. No, no, he says no because he doesn't remember what happened after that. Uh, but he did save right. him, and that's when he drags him out to the river to put him out right. and drowns him. And he wakes up and doesn't have a memory. So he, then that's when you find out that Frollo hid him 
right in there and then and so every time he he he's become a genius at predicting weather phenomena yeah and, and the in way order... that this happens the only way is that setting notre dame on fire changes the weather pattern enough that oh, oh i was thinking oh, that okay. it uh it forces um uh, because because of his accident uh it's ingrained this uh seclusiveness like this hermitage oh, yeah, yeah. idea mm-hmm. within uh Van Damme's mind so he doesn't go outside of the Notre Dame because that's where it occurred yeah because you know we keep trauma closest to ourselves yeah 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 so in order to flush uh, Van Damme out he burns the cathedral every time every time yeah and he's you know tries to propel him to the through like the the chases through the streets he tries to corral him to the Eiffel Tower but he he can't uh, Van Damme can't bring himself to not save the guard and yeah. if he hadn't saved the guard every time he would have made it to the eiffel tower every right. time. okay but this time he did right and yeah. then they share a kiss and then van damme's like Ugh. he doesn't like that or no he does like it he's yeah. like yeah right because he's like he's like but you did save me and then then they they like kind of reach over yeah. and touch the cross together and then the lightning hits and then that's it yep you don't say what happens after that because you don't know. Was the curse broken? Did That's it make right. things? It's just a white screen. Yeah, cause... just a white screen, uh, with and then the credits start rolling. In loving memory of uh, Victor Hugo. Yep, there we go. Who wrote the novel? So I guess. Yeah, actually, in loving memory of Victor Hugo, absolutely. Yeah, okay, that's fine with me. All right, and then I guess maybe at the end of the credits, you have another Pete Davidson pooping. Yeah, and he go and he laughs to himself. Yeah. <laughs> classic. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There you go. Yes, because it's it is a well, classic no, because no, no. of Victor Hugo's book, and also because that's a classic joke. Uh, or uh, no, yeah, no. He said he he laughs to himself, and then he turns to the camera, breaking the fourth wall, and he's like, "Classic." Yeah. There. Yes. Exactly. Perfect. I love it. I, that's that is exactly what I was hoping for in this pitch. Um. So we got a few minutes left, um, and we have to figure out who's going to direct this. All right. Um, and Victor Hugo? If we can get him. I don't know where his body's buried. I'm not sure where it is either. <laughs> uh, but if we can find him, uh, I have a feeling <laughs> tonight's going to be a good night. <laughs> Yikes. Um, or, you know. Oh, let's. T- uh, how about uh, Clint Eastwood? Mm. Well, he does like Morgan Freeman and Tommy Lee Jones a lot. He does. So, yeah. Uh, or uh, Akira Kurosawa. If we can like, <laughs> revive Akira Kurosawa. Yeah, absolutely. I was also thinking that we could get somebody who knows Paris very well, who has never, I don't think, directed anything, but oh, Gerard Depardieu. Yeah, Gerard Depardieu. Because what I would really like is for this movie to set that could be very temperamental and everyone <laughs> on edge at all times. <laughs> Because you never know what he's going to do. Yes, it is a... Uh, fuck Akira Kurosawa and Clint Eastwood. Yeah, it's Gerard Depardieu yes. all the way. Yes. So then who is the composer for this? Hmm. We need someone who does grand scores. Right, but it has to be somebody who knows, like... Who's a guy who does, like, period pieces and stuff like that? A lot hmm. of, um, you know... I'm, I'm trying to think... Because... 
I'm not as familiar with composers. That's why I always go to the same ones all right. the time. I get that. Uh, we could do, ooh, I got one. Uh, Maurice Jarre uh, is, was a French composer. Uh, he's dead now. Mm-hmm. Um, he's never stopped us before. Right. Um, but he did the composition on Lawrence of Arabia, Dr. Zivago, India, Witness, the Harrison Ford movie. All right. Um, Ryan's daughter, which I've never seen. Dead po- Oh, yeah. Dead Poets Society. Yeah. Dead Poets yeah, Society. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do that guy. Um, also, we could do Jerry Goldsmith. Okay. Uh, he. Was, I do know that name. He was most famous for the Omen, Alien, Chinatown, oh. Basic Instinct, Patton. God damn! Yeah. Uh, Gremlins, Poltergeist. Whoa, yeah, actually, he, that's really good. Jerry Goldsmith. So, or Jerry, you could get Alan Menken, who did all the songs for the Disney films. Yep, there it is. All right, yeah, and then have a, have a, God, you've got a friend. Oh, Paul Newman. I mean, yeah. not Paul Newman. No, not Paul Newman. <laughs> Randy Newman. Yeah, and then have Randy Newman as a, uh, as a special guest. Yeah, he actually. Uh, maybe instead. Oh no, it's a duet. Right. Um, between him and the Phantom Thread singing. <laughs> Hellfire. Yeah. Or no, uh, no, they're just gonna sing. Uh, You've got a friend in me. Ooh, that's the closing credits. That's the closing, that's the closing credits. credits. Scene. Yeah, before Pete Davidson says classic. All right. right. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> we have all that. So Alan Menken's just there with, and he just actually he only composes the two singing songs. Right. The rest of them are uh, who you said, Goldsmith. Okay. Right? Okay, so we'll do that. Uh, the rest of the score is him. Right, um, and then the duet, of course, at the end between... Yeah, Randy Phantom Newman. Thread, yeah, Randy Newman. <laughs> yeah, so... Uh, but Alan Menken will do the arrangement on that. Fair enough. Um, just to, you know, give him something to do. Uh, <laughs> so, now we need the budget, high-end, low-end. Which one shoot. do you want to do, high-end or low-end? I want to do the high-end. Okay. So, so think about everything involved with this, what we just talked about. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, A, you're shooting in Paris, so it's going to be a huge budget. B, oh, did sh- we mention that this is going to be all location shooting, too? There's yeah, exactly. Not, not green screen. Why too. the fuck would we not have it on location? So uh, you have to shut down streets around the Eiffel Tower. Uh, during night, it's going to be easier because it's easier to shut down the tower at night. Yeah. Uh, but the fact is that you have like chase scenes through all these monuments. He has to climb on the monuments. So you need rigging. You need stuntmen. You need work. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I want to say high end. Oh, and also you have to shoot at Notre Dame that's closed right now because it was burned down. Right, yeah. So, jeez. Um... <laughs> so, and then also they're probably going to have to – Part of the P- a lot of the PAs uh, on the set are going to help have to help reconstruct the Notre mm-hmm, Dame. Mm-hmm. So then you're like double billing. So probably high end. You're looking at around what was the Notre Dame cost? Oh yeah, the probably around eight hundred million dollars. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna go low end six hundred million. So boom. Yeah, I think we're good yeah. either way. So either way, like. What's kind of crazy is that even if you did this at the worst amount, like even if you did it below ass six hundred million, it's still going to be a pretty goddamn great. Yeah, film. it's going to be pretty good. We may not be able to to uh, reconstruct Notre Dame for that money, but we can yeah. get pretty close. 
Yes, we can. At least close enough to shoot this movie. Yeah. So, yeah. That's what matters. That's all that matters to me. (laughs) So, uh, thank you guys for listening. Um, We're going to continue listening to James Taylor and drinking at this bar. Um, And hopefully, you know, we'll have appealed to his sense of love of gothic architecture. Um, Oh, someone's shooting up the place, so we probably have to leave soon. Yeah, okay, anyway, Um, so hopefully we'll never talk to you guys again. Yeah, bye. Bye.